Welcome once again to another episode of the Random Access Podcast brought to you by RAPodcast.net. This is episode 372, recorded live on Sunday, August 10th, 2014. And here are your hosts, the man who's not at a wedding today, Brian Lindsley. Hello. And the man whose internet is actually working, Andy Lowe. Hi. Poor Dave. Oh, it gets even better. I should probably let Dave tell this story, but he um, accidentally vacuumed up the USB part of his headset. Oh my god. So that got toast. So he went on to Amazon and ordered an actual microphone and stand in the whole nine yards. Ooh. So he called me up on like Friday night at midnight, wanted to make sure that he got it working and it sounded okay, which it sounded great. Uh, um, so he busted his microphone. Then on Saturday, his internet was just going all over the map. We were talking ping in the counting in the seconds, not even milliseconds, but actual seconds. And then that today, he's a very interesting conversation. Yes, it it was a little ridiculous. Where Dave would say something, I would respond to him, and then I would wait and wait, and then Dave would say something back, and I'm like, "Well, crap, this is not going to work." And so today he's at a wedding, so that's why you're not at a wedding, I'm not at a wedding, our internets are working fine. Hopefully. So we, <laughs> whatever we do, we cannot badmouth Comcast. Comcast is great. Yay, Comcast. Because I, I noticed when I was editing that episode, as soon as you started talking about Comcast, that's when everything just started to just fall apart. It's true. That said, maybe we should get off that topic and get on to another one. Before we badmouth it or something. True. We we will we will be nice today. Is there anything that you would like to hit on this list? Why not start with Comcast? <laughs> I was hoping you weren't going to pick that one. So we talked about on the show earlier that the, the Comcast new routers for your home are actually broadcasting a public Wi-Fi hotspot. Yep. And so these guys weren't worried about, you know, data usage or anything else like that. They just wanted to know how much money is it costing me to run a public Wi-Fi hotspot if it gets used. So these guys did their tests and they said it was costing, I think it was like $1.26 per month extra just to run the router. As opposed to just a regular router? Yeah, just as opposed to the just the regular normal router. So they, um, with the router in idle mode, they were using 92 kilowatt hours per year, which was, uh, cost, uh, an extra, yeah, an extra $1.90 per month. So Comcast read this article and then said, oh, wait, 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 you guys don't have the newest router. We'll send you a brand new router and then you do your tests and then let us know. And it was worse. Yeah, idle was 131 kilowatt hours per year. But they did say that towards the end of it, there was an update that just went through. So maybe that'll help the power consumption. True, but they were also talking about how they were having issues with the router because um, the router's firewall, which was technically inactive in the control panel, was actually still working. And they were drawing lots and lots of packets. Yep. Just like Dave. I wonder if Dave has one of those new routers. Uh, no, he has, uh, it's either, I think he has Charter. That's I right. He, I know he doesn't have Comcast. I, I, I don't even know who I, we've got, 
apartment complex ISP. We have Comcast over here. So are you going to uh, be getting the new sure. router? Not that I know of. Until one day Comcast is going to tell you that you have to have the new router? I, I don't even know if I'd hook it up then. I mean, I have my own router and then I have some older routers. Like, why would I use theirs? Yeah, that's what we did with our internet access was the fact that we had just bought our own modem and router and stuff. They're like, you guys keep your hardware. We'll, we just bought ours. Here's the MAC address. Any problems? No? Okay, good. Which will work until they decide to upgrade their system. Well, then I'll just buy a new cable modem and go from there. Right. So, speaking of uh, internet speeds, the fastest average internet speed by state is Virginia. That I was not expecting. I but, was actually expecting that. But I guess it is close to D.C., so that it's does make sense. It's close to D.C., and there's a lot... Um, book I read a while ago. I think it was called uh, Series of Tubes. Let me check the title. I think it, yeah, I think it is called Series of Tubes. It was a book that I read. Uh, ebook. Found it on Amazon. Uh, but the guy had basically decided, hey, I want to see what the backbone of the internet is like. So he actually like started at his local ISP and then started working his way up. He was watching people laying fiber in New York City laying uh, undersea cable at some island or something like that. But he t it turns out there's a lot of internet backbone infrastructure in Virginia. I just find that interesting. Because don't they have the mountains, too, in that area? Don't they have the what? Mountains? True. Or is that more West Virginia? That, that well... Northern Virginia and West Virginia, so, but this is the speed is average for the state. So yes, the super offset of um, the the backbone infrastructure could, you know, kind of overshadow the parts of Virginia where there is no internet. I guess I expected Rhode Island to win just because of its size. It's very easy to get fast internet in a small area than it is to get it like in Montana. <laughs> Which, oh my god, so red. Red is bad on the chart. Yeah, I can see. Yeah, Montana and Alaska, it's like, yeah. I'm actually kind of surprised with, well, I don't know. Yeah, Kentucky. I don't know. Yeah, All right, so here you go. Green, so Virginia, Virginia was first. Delaware was second. Massachusetts was third. Rhode Island was fourth. D.C. was fifth. Right, those smaller states were up on the higher end. Because it's much easier to get fiber laid down in a small area. True. The next one is Washington State, which my guess means Seattle. Probably. I'm surprised New York and California were actually near the bottom of the list. California is so big. True. That is true. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, Montana's big. Texas is big. California's big. Alaska's big. To be honest, I'm surprised Texas isn't further down on the list. Because that's big, too. Well, Texas is actually seventh from the bottom. So it's but pretty isn't down it like there. the second largest state? Yes. Yes, it is. It's second only to Alaska. So I was expecting it to be even lower. But apparently they've got pretty good infrastructure there. Well, you've got, what, Houston down there? You've got the you've got the big three, so those are probably balancing out the the cow farmers. 
Probably. Out in West Texas. Ah, okay. I actually found the, the name of the book that I was talking about is actually called Tubes, A Journey to the Center of the Internet. I'll have to take a look at that. Would you recommend it? I thought it was interesting because it actually talked about a lot of... We, t- we take the internet for granted, but then there's a lot of back room sort of stuff that's going on that nobody talks about. I didn't understand oh, yeah. peering until we talked about that in the book. And then lo and behold, this whole thing between Verizon and Netflix shows up where they're all talking about peering. And I'm like, I know what they're talking about. So it was well-timed. Yeah, I had that Keanu Reeves, I know Kung Fu moment. So speaking of Verizon... We talked about on the show last week how Verizon was going to throttle their 4G LTE service for the unlimited members who have are in the top 5% of usage, right? Right. Side Those note, people you have grandfathered in. You, you have Verizon, right? Uh, that's myself. Yep. Do you have an unlimited plan? No. Okay. I, I got bullied that- out of that a while ago. It feels a little weird that you literally have to get, like, bullied out of the, your current plan. It's just something wrong with that. Well, that's because they were going to lose money otherwise. Right. So they're like, if you want this new phone, then you're going to have to change your plan. Or pay us a whole bunch more money. Damn money. They're just greedy, greedy. Mm-hmm. Okay, so they were slowing down the top 5%. So the FCC sent them a letter saying, hey, why are you guys doing this? So then the uh, Verizon responded and basically said that it, uh, it doesn't throttle its customers because even if it slows down a connection, it is for a temporary period to help alleviate a specific bandwidth problem. And it does not, um, it's what the, all, the, all the carriers are doing is what they basically said. Yeah, all the kids do it is not a good defense. Which is literally what the FCC chairman said. He literally said, all the kids do it is something that never worked for me when I was growing up, and it didn't work for my kids. At least he's showing a little bit more backbone than we expected. True, it's so weird, because I remember he was all... I both love and hate the current FCC chairman. I like him on this. Um, I'm not so happy about him with net neutrality. Yes, that's exactly what I was going to say. That this is all great, but then he turns around and says, boo, net neutrality, and you're just like, well, wait a second. Hold. Mm. So we'll see how this goes further, but I don't really expect it to do much. He'll slap him with a fine or something, and they'll continue doing it. He's going to bring up a brouhaha, but then, yeah, it's the FCC. They're not going to really be able to do much. They did actually one cool thing, though, with uh, cell phones. What? On Friday, they voted on and passed a rule that said all cell phone carriers must be able to receive text messages to 911. That's a cool little thing. So, yeah, all cell phone... The the big four have been able to use text to 911, um, but now this today's vote, uh, well, Friday's vote, will require all carriers to follow suit by the end of the year. So does that include that they have to have geographical information as well as on the the text itself? Well, your cell phone company knows where you are. That's what's part of the uh, E911 system that was set up years ago, I do believe. Well, I was just 
wondering if it was going to be basically turning on your GPS or if it was going to be taking your location based off the closest cell tower. Um, the E911 regulations, if I remember correctly, will take the GPS information if your phone has it. But if not, the E911 information will give you the closest uh, cell phone tower. Okay. That works for me. Speaking of uh, cell phones and, and carriers, that Sprint T-Mobile merger is now officially dead. Yeah, that one was... I was actually kind of surprised. Everybody was like, oh yeah, this is going to be great. This is going to be great. We're gonna, it's going to work. And then Sprint said no. They also ousted their CEO at the same time. So It basically came down to it was going to be too much work for them to merge. So they said, screw it, we're done. Which really sucks for Deutsche Telekom, the owners of T-Mobile, because they have been trying to get rid of T-Mobile for years. That said, they've been growing strong according to their quarter two results. No, that is true. Yeah, they have been fighting, but still, it's... I know Deutsche Telekom really, really, really wants to sell them. There's actually reports that a French carrier tried to bid, I think, $15 billion, um, to buy T-Mobile, but T-Mobile turned it down because I think their market cap is 27 Yeah, $27 billion now, so... So not quite enough money yet. No, it's like saying, hey, you've got a $20 bill. I will buy it from you for 10 how badly do you want to get rid of that $20 bill? That is true. That's the question. If that $20 bill is going to be somehow worthless later, I don't think this works. This is a bad analogy. Mm, I'm trying to think of a better one. Maybe some sort of... Boat. <laughs> I should buy a boat. You should. That way we can have a boat at the cabin. Oh, getting the boat up and... <sighs> I don't know where we would the heck we would launch it, though. Isn't there that public access not too far from you? Not the, the one that goes through your cabin, but the one just down the road? Uh, that doesn't have any boat launch. I think the nearest boat... I really want to know if the state park down the road has a boat launch. Be something to look into. You I know we used to have it. We used to have an inflatable raft up there, because that was easy to carry up and down the, the bluff. But I don't know about boat launch. Yeah, according to the website, there is no boat launch at Orchard Beach State Park. So you'd have to almost go all the way into town or up to Onekama, one of the two. This would be a nice boat trip back to the house, except you don't have anywhere to put it. No, you'd need some sort of uh, boat hoist thing to keep it out of the water. I wonder what the rules are with leaving a boat anchored in the middle of uh, Lake Michigan, or any of the lakes are. I don't know. That'd be an interesting question. Then you could just swim out to it, swim back. I don't think we. I'm going to get a boat though, because Kate gets motion sick easy. So. Uh oh well. It would just be me alone on the boat, and that normally doesn't end well. It wouldn't be you alone on the boat. You'd have probably somebody else from our group go with you. And then everybody else who gets motion sick would just sit on the beach. Or swim next to you? Ride in an inner tube? I don't know. Inner tubing. Now that would actually be fun. Not as much fun as World of Warcraft. Okay, maybe a lot more fun than World of Warcraft. No, yeah, a lot more fun than World of Warcraft, yes. But they are gearing to celebrate their 10 years uh, being around. Yeah, 10 Jeez, it's been literally 10 years since WoW. Apparently. 
And to commemorate it, you can get a corgi. It is actually a really adorable little dog that they've created as a pet that you can keep. The molten corgi? Oh, jeez. It's so cute, though. I do have to say this for, for a while. They have a very good art style. Yes, yes, it does. Even even though it looks a little dated now, but it's still... Oh, just think of how more dated it could be if it didn't look stylized. Very true. I love how they're making a battleground of Terran Mill versus South Shore. I remember going there all the time before they started Battlegrounds. That was like the place to be. If you wanted to PvP? Yeah, that was like... It sucked, though, if you had any quests going on there, because you're like, well, crap. Because you, you would just land there, and then sometimes, because the Horde would have taken over South Shore, you would literally land and then die, and you're like, well, crap. That's why I always like to play on a PvE-only server. <laughs> or as they called it, easy mode. Speaking of WoW, though, did I put the WoW numbers up, or no? I don't think you did. Oh. I should find that article then. Because WoW uh, is losing subscribers. No surprises on that one. It has been 10 years. But they actually just released the uh, numbers recently, and they lost 800,000 subscribers since March. Yeah, but granted, 800,000, they are still have 6.8 million. Which is an insane number still. Yeah, still an insane number. And um, with the, uh, what is it, the Warlords of Draenor is the next expansion coming out? Is that the time traveling one? I think so. I have to be honest, once I kind of gave up WoW, I stopped paying attention to it. Makes sense. Activision says 1.5 have already pre-ordered the expansion. And they don't even know when it's coming out. They haven't announced anything. I guess that's just as their core, core base. They'll play it no matter what. Man, Blizzard really does have a pretty core base of people. Yeah. I was going to say I'm not one of them, but then I have really only been playing Hearthstone the uh, entire time. Yeah, you might be one of them. Damn it! I haven't given them any money yet, though, so at least I have that much. Just wait. No, I, I, that was my thing with Hearthstone was the fact that I could play it and not spend any money, and I haven't. So just staying that, that I, it's like the lines, like this far, no farther. What I find interesting is I wonder how taxing it is for you not to spend money. Oh, there are so many times where I'm playing somebody and you just see him drop three legendary cards and you're like... You either played a whole lot, or you just bought a whole lot of card packs to get those. Because to uh, each common card, you, you normally get four commons and a rare in a pack. Each common card is five dust, rare is, I think, ten or fifteen, and those legendary cards are literally thousand dust to make. If you don't, you know, you don't randomly get one in a pack. Right. Like I said on Facebook, it's all fun and games until somebody drops a legendary dragon and you're like, well, I'm done. I'm just surprised that they're that much more powerful. That it's enough just to have that one card. Well, sometimes it's not. It, like, it takes, you have to be playing good through the game. Normally, 
because the the legendary dragons are normally like nine or ten mana, so it's late in a game when they're finally played. But they can they can't win outright, but they can definitely turn the tide. And if you're already like neck and neck, and they drop one of them, then you you've got a lot of stuff to make up. You you some of them are a lot more vicious than others. Okay. Uh, just when I think back to magic, you almost have to have your incomplete deck be full of quote unquote legendary cards for it to be good synergy. I can tell you for a fact that yeah, it's not the case with, uh, with Hearthstone. There's, um, one of the guys I watch is called Trump. Every quote unquote season of Hearthstone, he always goes and basically tries to do a free to play thing where he tries to just take a brand new account and not spend any money and work his way up to the legendary rank, which is the top rank in the thing there. And he's done it, I think, three times already. He didn't get it with the Rogue one, though, just because, especially with Nax Ramus coming out right now, everything's in flux. So, But he's done it three times now without spending any money, gotten people up to legendary. Most of his deck is not built with legendary cards. It's just built with normal cards, but he knows how to work them. Gotcha. It probably helps that he's getting paid to do it, too. True, yes. It's, he spends many, many, many hours playing. Many, 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 many hours. So, speaking of free-to-play games, looks like Zenga has a very bad second quarter. Zenga's always been having a bad quarter. This was, this was not a smart idea for them to go public. It's the only way you can make money if you're a shareholder. Wait, a sixty-three million net loss for the second quarter. Wow! Although now, now they've got the uh, NFL, uh, the license, so that should be interesting. Yes, because the NFL, oh man, the amount of money that people throw at the NFL is ridiculous. It's absurd. But it's a very, very loyal fan base. Just think if they made their their game just. Uh, 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 fantasy football. Oh, if they made their game a fantasy football? Oh my goodness. Yeah, they, they'd make their money. Oh, fantasy football. Not going to touch that with a 10-foot pole. Even though it's right up your alley? Yes, because it's a lot of work. Uh, it's from a- what I've heard from other people who have done fantasy, I've literally, when I was working at Mophie, there were two guys who were discussing fantasy fantasy football for about two hours while I'm sitting there actually, like, you know, working. So I think it's it's a deep experience. I don't think it's necessarily a lot of work unless you want it to be. True. You could just pick your team and not do anything, and then you'd be done at the beginning, so... And maybe you could switch some characters or players around from time to time, but you don't have to get super into it, is my understanding. <laughs> I love how you call them characters, because that's how... I'd, I think that's how we would think about it. They are characters. It's fantasy football. They have stats. They have, you know, outcomes. It's just based off of real people. So speaking of real people and money, and not video game characters, a judge has ruled that in the NCAA antitrust case, that the college players can actually earn money from them. That's good. It's nice to see that this giant corporation or nonprofit or whatever they sell themselves as has absurd amount of money and is going to have to share some of that with the, the people that make up its profit base. I mean, like, they're kind of using the, the 
college students. Yep. So it's nice that college students get a little kickback. Now, it would have been nice, you know, back when the NCAA football games and Madden football games and everything were coming. Well, Madden probably gets money from their stuff. But yeah, the NCAA football games was millions of dollars that they got nothing. Well, they got something from the... uh, from the court cases, but still, this one's that plus more now. Now, the the downside of this, though, is the injunction will not preclude the NCAA from implementing rules capping the amount of compensation that may be played to student-athletes while they are enrolled in school. I guess we'll have to see how bad that cap is. Where they're saying the players need to be paid, but the NCAA who's paying the players is going to set the cap. Yeah, it's like... They have to be paid money or something, but your Here's choice. Here's a dollar. Here's five cents. We pay them. That's what their cap is at. All right. Now, here, uh, the NCAA will not be permitted to set this cap below the cost of attendance, whatever the hell the cost of attendance means. Right. Are we talking about per person attendance or all the money gained by attendances? Like, I don't understand. Right. The uh, the estimated cost of attendance is used solely for financial aid awarding and includes tuition, fees, room, board, books, supplies, personal expenses, travel, and loan feeds, and is estimated based upon averages for each category. So each school would basically assume the cost of attendance of their players, and then the cap cannot be set below that, so you can't compensate them less than the full ride which they're already most of them getting a full ride um i'm sure most of them are but i'm sure that sub small section of people who aren't this will be nice yes very true you know what this means though is the big powerhouse schools are going to be even bigger now because they actually will have tv contracts to throw around oh you you're thinking about going to eastern michigan you know rather than coming here well you know we've got the we've got the Big Ten Network, we've got this, you've got March Madness, we can we can hook you up. Meh. I mean, yes, that'll work for the people that they go for, but there's going to be so many student-athletes that end up going to EMU because the U of M doesn't want them. Very true. Very, very true. Which is kind of the way it is right now, so it's not going to really change too much. So, speaking of video games, Gamescom happened. Hooray! For our big, uh, what was it, held in Germany this year? Or? Yep. In Cologne, Germany. Oh, it's actually going to be happening through the 14th through the 17th. I thought it did happen, but no, it's next week. All right. Ah, and so then these are the nominees. The nominees are, really, Middle Earth Shadow of Mordor is the best console game for PlayStation? Is one of the nominees for it, yes. Some of these I can see. Like, you know, Sunset Overdrive for the Xbox. So that game just looks hilarious. I'm so looking forward to it. Evolve is also also going to be a pretty good game. I'm surprised that they have Assassin's Creed Rogue on here and not Unity. Um, I think that's stuff of the fact that Rogue is going to be current gen and Unity is next gen. Okay. It'll be interesting to see which VR system wins on the best hardware. That one's surprised. It's like, okay, best game, best game, best game, best hardware. So you have the Oculus Rift, you have the Morpheus, 
the heck is this amiibo from Nintendo? I have no idea. Oh, it's the it's the same thing as Skylanders. Oh, it's the Skyrim. Okay, not the Skyrim. Yeah, Skylanders, but with Nintendo characters. Is there anything on this list that you don't think should be considered a best game? I these are all games that haven't really come out yet, so I can't really say for sure one way or the other. But the Evil Within just looks like your standard horror game. Um, do we need another Lego Batman game? <laughs> really? There's going to be three of them, really? Wow. Uh, I'm a fan of the Lego games, but this is starting to get a little, uh, yeah. I mean, I can totally see the best console game for the Wii is totally going to be Smash Brothers. Oh, like the course, other two, I don't even it's... think are in competition. No, it's got it's. It... <laughs> if you have the Wii, you're going to get Smash Brothers. It's one of those things. And I also find best role playing game Skylanders as one of the options. Did not expect to see that there. Wow, Scott! Really, Skylanders? Wow. So yeah, it'll be interesting to see what they come up with. See if there's anything new that's coming out of there too next week. Probably talk about it the week after. Mm-hmm. So speaking of European things, Daft Punk, them crazy Frenchmen. Yes. Uh, back in 2005, they released Human After All, which has songs like Technologic and robot rock and sort of stuff like mm-hmm. that. It's a good album. Yeah, I enjoy it. Um, back in 2006, there was a remix that was done of it. But you could only get it as an LP in Japan. Well, you could only legally get it as an LP in Japan. Yes, very true. But even trying to find it online was pretty hard to find. So they're going to release it? They have released it, actually. Oh, it's on they iTunes. They have now finally released it, yes. On iTunes, it's on Spotify. I'm enjoying... 15-track album that has six remixes of Technologic, which... That, That's a lot of different Technologics. That is. I, it's, a, it's, a, it's a song, though, I just play on there, and I just don't... Sometimes I try and pay attention to the words, sometimes I just get that beat going, and I just let it go. Mm-hmm. I thoroughly enjoy the dancing uh, gifts later below it. Oh, dancing gifts. So as I talked about Def Punk, good band. Check out this album. It's on Spotify, so it's not like you have to, you know, buy it. You can just listen to it. Then if you do like it, knock yourself out. Yeah. So last week we talked about how um, somebody could trick an S-Class Mercedes into driving itself with a can of soda. Mm-hmm. Well, it turns out that somebody in Germany uh, was driving an Infiniti Q50, set it up with the adaptive cruise control and the lane assist, and then got out of the driver's seat while it was being on the highway. What? Why would you do this? I don't know. Like, how it's are like you going to get your car back? Goes... Even if something goes good. <laughs> well, he didn't, he didn't, like, jump out of the car. He just moved to the back seat. Oh, okay. I thought he literally got out of the car. I was like, how are you going to get back to your car later? No, that would be a little ridiculous. Look, my car can drive itself. Here, let me get out and show you. Wait. Assuming even if it does drive itself, you have to wait until it's out of the gas before you can get it back? It's a ghost car that's set to roam the highways until it finally does run out of gas. 
We're going to have to tell stories of that to our kids. There's this ghost car. I do have to say. Yeah, he's ballsy. he's driving down the highway at 1 minute 36 in the video where he's just in the passenger seat filming the car doing its thing. I oh, you see this is the problem with these half self-driving cars is because, you know, people like him. That said, I mean, in general, it's not that bad on the highway. No, highway driving is the easiest thing for automatic cars to do. That was like one of the first things they tried to do, especially in the United States, which you can go coast to coast on a highway and not really get off ever. Right. Because 90% of the time, the highway driving is pretty much... Just stay between these two lines control. and make sure you don't and hit yeah, the person in front of you. stay between the two lines. But still, this is something, do not try this at home. Don't, don't even try it. Don't, don't try it. Speaking of cars and computers, apparently at Black yeah. Hat, uh, they named the most hackable cars. Oh, good. Because, you know, that's good information to let out to the public. Eh, I mean, the hackers already have the information. It's not like it's going to be news True. to them. And it's some scary <laughs> oh, stuff. 2014 Jeep Cherokee, 2014 Cadillac, 2015 Cadillac Escalade, and the 2014 Toyota Prius. The most secure cars include that's 1978 Toyota. <laughs> My 1960 Yugo. Nobody gonna hack that. Nobody gonna want to drive that either or steal it. Perfect car. I like how the t- two of the three of them of the most secure cards are a Dodge Viper and an Audi A8. Yeah. So hopefully the... Uh makers of these cars, since they're really not computer experts at this point, maybe they'll get a couple more computer experts into their fields when they build the cars. Yeah, I still remember when it was the, uh, was it the Toyota with that unintended acceleration issue where people thought it was computer codes and somebody actually like looked at the code and there was just millions and millions of lines and don't think anybody had actually debugged it ever. Yeah. But I mean, like, they're talking about if you hack into the car, you can control stuff like turning off the brakes, turning the steering wheel so that it doesn't work, or turning it on command. Like, these are serious things you don't want going wrong in your car. No, and the problem is now everything is controlled fly-by-wire, and so all you got to do is just hack into the wire and... I just find it ridiculous though that some of these cars though are saying that yes, the onboard entertainment system and the brakes are on the same system. No, no, don't do that. Why would you need that? And that's that's kind of the point is that they need to get some security experts to actually think about what they're doing with their computers. Because how many times will somebody download something from heck from like Napster or LimeWire and put it on their car without thinking about it? If you have the capability, pretty often. I can tell you my car doesn't do that. It's not smart enough. And mine doesn't do that either, and I'm okay with that. That's what my iPod and my phone are for. Sometimes I wish my car was a little bit smarter, but I'm glad it's not smart enough to to necessarily be hacked into. Now, I do have to say that the guys who released this report didn't physically test the vehicle cited, but they relied on information about the vehicle's automatic capabilities and internal network to say that they were vulnerable. Gotcha. I have seen some people who have actually hacked into the systems and, and shown the vulnerabilities. 
Oh yeah, it's always those ones where people are like have the the thing plugged into the OBD2 port and they're just like, "All right, now apply the brakes." Haha, you can't apply the brakes. That's not a haha that I'd like to ever hear. So speaking of computers and cars and cell phones and all that fun stuff, it looks like there's a Kickstarter for a HUD, a HUD, or a heads-up display. Yeah, the idea is to take your phone, and then you'd set it on the dash in front of your window, and then the display from your phone would reflect off of your window. And so you'd have a heads-up display on your dashboard. What do you think about this? Because I'm going to say my opinion after I hear what you think. I like the idea in general. I almost think this is a feature that cars could have in the future that would be useful. Not that I'd want a, a secondary device to do it. Like, built into the car, I could see this being nice. That said, I can also see it being a big safety issue. Um, for example, if you are riding along at night and all of a sudden it glitches out and you just have this pure white on the dashboard and you can't see anything, you crash and you die. Not a good thing. I was thinking it was just going to be a distraction for the driver. If suddenly, you know, you're driving along in town and suddenly message pops up on the screen that says, like here, it says, hey, you want to meet for coffee? Your eyes are going to go from whatever you were doing and stare at the message. And it, I feel like that would kind of distract you, just like it would be looking down at your phone sort of thing. Yes, you're still going to be looking through the windshield, but your focus is going to be on whatever this message is in front of you. Yes, but I'd rather have somebody's focus be on something on the windshield and have their peripheral vision available so that they can react to it because humans use their their subconscious all the time. Yeah, that's true. Motion is noticed a lot better through our peripheral vision than it is actually through our normal vision. So I'd rather have them looking straight ahead so they can at least see, even if they don't comprehend, um, than them literally looking down into their lap or wherever their cell phone they won't ever get that. So um, I'd prefer to have the HUD as opposed to, because people are going to read their text messages either way. Let's be honest here. Yeah, it's true. No, it's, it's not like people are going to stop reading text messages. So I'd rather it be on a HUD available for every for them to see than down below where they have to look away or put in a password and then look or whatever. Not to mention, if you do the HUD right, you can do a lot of information available to you that you wouldn't necessarily be able to see otherwise. For example, I saw a while ago um, they used infrared cameras and superimposed it in front of them so that you could see if there was a deer in front of you. Even if you couldn't normally. Oh yeah, I've seen those, like the, the night vision goggles on the HUD so you can actually see farther than your headlights are going to show right. you. So, I mean, using a HUD in of itself is going to be a useful feature in the future. They just have to make sure it doesn't become a distraction. That's the one thing I was worried about, is having this up here and it have, becomes more of a hindrance than a help. I don't see it being any, more, any worse than a cell phone attached to uh, your dashboard is. Okay, yes, all right. And now, now what do you think about the uh gesture controls? Gesture controls, I don't know. It depends on how complicated they are. I didn't see any of that when I was looking at it. I it supposedly has voice recognition and it has uh gesture recognition as well. 
I just want to know how you're going to be gesturing to the thing while you're still driving the car. Well, if it's only one hand gesture and if it's left or right, that's not that bad. You've got like the thing where you could just, you know, hold up a number of fingers to say, hey, this is this is what I want to do. Yeah, I mean, as long as it's one hand, I don't see a big issue. If it's something that requires two hands, I could see that being a big issue. Excuse me, sir. Why were you out of control on your vehicle? I was trying to send a text message to somebody using this touchless recognition. I needed both hands. Yeah, that's not going to fly. I do have to say the one thing I wish my car had was a remote start. Remote starts are very nice, especially in Michigan. Yes, that's what I was thinking of over the winter times. Like, you know, it'd be great because car's right outside my window if i just like hit the button when i first wake up and by the time i get out there the car is all nice and toasty the snow has melted off the windows it'll be great it's the one problem not having a garage mm-hmm. speaking of michigan though we get to see some pretty stuff in the sky no we don't we don't but if we we're other places in michigan we might most of michigan uh the perseids are coming on uh tuesday night um, Michigan here, though, uh, it's going to be the same night as a supermoon, so it's going to be hard to see because the moon's going to, you know, be putting a lot of light in the sky. A supermoon by itself but is yeah, kind of Michigan, cool. Yeah, supermoon by itself is cool. Perseids also are cool. Both of them on the same night, one might cancel out the other, but in Michigan, we're supposed to have rain, so it's going to be cloudy, and we're probably not going to see much. Oh, well. So that's a bit of a bummer because Perseids, like the meteor shower that you know is going to be good it's some of them are so so this one's actually going to be a good one though if you know you can actually see in the sky i like how it's like those other meteor showers you know the ones that missed earth meh they suck but the ones that hit us oh those are the best as long as they're not meteors right you know like big meteors those if they hit us that that will suck as well but these little tiny ones those look cool so let's see what else do we got on this list. Netflix is uh, finally pulling ahead of HBO. Really? That's actually kind of surprising. How are they pulling ahead in, in what? Subscribers, anything like that like or what? Revenue, pure revenue. Oh, well, that's good. Um, it looks like the um, HBO got $1.141 billion in revenue and Netflix got $1.146 billion so we're not talking by a lot no and the fact that netflix wrote that they still kick our ass in profits and emmys but we're making progress hbo has 130 million subscribers worldwide wow that doesn't surprise me and it would be so much more if they released their go uh subscription stuff to the general public oh yeah because you know how many people would just get go for game of thrones and um, all their other movies and stuff they have a huge library at this point oh I don't doubt it. I was just trying to think of any other HBO programming there's Rome there's um, yeah I can't think of any off the top of my head Deadwood some of these are a little older but still good is, is Boardwalk? no is that that's Showtime it's one of those things where I'm trying to remember which ones are Showtime, which ones are HBO, and I can't. Oh, I can't. True Blood is HBO, Boardwalk Empire, True Detective, Sopranos. Well, Sopranos is no longer around. You so. can still watch the episodes. True. Um, the Newsroom. Ah, yes. I wonder how much 
more profits Netflix could make if they didn't have to, you know, pay everybody for the service, like Comcast. Yeah, I, I hear you. But I don't think they would have gone into that if it wasn't worth the money. They're probably saving some money. No, from I, it. I don't doubt it. But it's still, it's a little ridiculous where they say, hey, our service sucks. Here, Comcast, here's some money. And all of a sudden, boom, service is so much better. Yeah, it is pretty awful. When it was that quick of a turnaround, I feel like Comcast had just like held off a little bit and just slowly moved it up. But no, it was we just, really aren't throttling. That spike in service was just ridiculous. Yeah, it was basic proof that they're throttling. Well, I think that's all the topics. So should we move on to the random review? Sounds good to me. Okay, random review. Uh, it's my week since Dave talked about an expansion to one of his games. I decided to counter with an expansion to one of my games. So I'm going to talk about Hearthstone, because like I said, that's what I've been playing. Yay! And WoW people who have been around could probably remember when the Naxxramas dungeons came out. There was a big game-wide event that lasted for a while. But we're talking like one of the, one of the first two years, like really early in, game, in the game's life. I, I, was, I remember being around for that. I was a low level, so I couldn't actually get into the... the uh, dungeon but man those quests were just giving me xp left and right i loved it i think i went up like six levels while the naxxramas was going on but in uh, hearthstone the first expansion of the game is naxxramas so do you see a whole bunch of different types of cards or what's up with it well it's split into i don't remember if it's five or six quote-unquote wings I'm checking the, the official things here so I don't get this wrong. And this website is taking forever to load. Uh, okay, it's five wings. Each one corresponds to one of the wings in the World of Warcraft raid. Uh, the adventure features 30 new collectible cards. So what it is, is you would pay either 700 gold, or I think it's $5 for each wing, Oh, sorry. Each individual wing is either 700 gold or $7. You can buy two wings for 10, three for 15, four for 20, or all five for 25. Okay. And what does buying a wing get you? Well, buying a wing gets you uh, three different bosses to play against. So the bosses have their own hero powers. They have their own special cards. Um, some of the earlier ones were just it just felt like you're playing a different character, just kind of reskinned and a slightly different tweak to their hero power. But uh, in the military wing, which I finally just got enough gold to open, some of those uh, boss fights were actually different. Like the fact that uh, there was um, the four horsemen. You couldn't actually attack the main boss until you killed the other three horsemen. Ooh. So it it took the game and it put an actual twist on it, which I loved a bit more than the first round. The first round was like, okay, it's a, it's another boss. He's got a hero power. He's got cards. It's not really that exciting. But some of these later ones are actually starting to get more um, interesting. So when you fight a boss, do you just do you get a reward from it, or is it just I beat I beat the boss? Um, defeating each boss would get you a new card times two, so you get two of some card. Like one of the spiders ones, you get these eggs that are a special card. 
military wing gets you a set of these dancing swords, which are like a 4-4 card for only one mana. So every time you beat a boss, you get a uh, special card with them. And then there's three bosses per level. Once you defeat all three bosses, you get another special legendary card for that wing. Gotcha. And then, so that that's the first part, is the, the three bosses. So you get six cards. Then you get the, the wing reward cards. So that's eight. And then there's also class challenges, which are actually kind of interesting. Because with the normal bosses, you actually get to make your deck. You get to try out your deck, any deck that you have, against the boss. These class challenges, they give you the deck to play with. Gotcha. You you cannot pick the cards in your deck. You must beat the boss with the deck you're given, which was kind of interesting. Like the hunter one, they normally you can only have like two of any specific card, no more in a deck. The hunter deck was entirely all one card. So it was one of those things where it's like, okay, what did I draw? Oh, I drew four of the same card. What? And it's like, okay, I'll, I'll, I'll put the other three back, and then I'll draw again. Wait a second. I drew more of the same card again. So it's literally like, okay, this is going to be a bit interesting. So the class challenges are good, and once you beat defeat a class challenge, you get a specific class card for each of those. So there's two of those for each wing. And then there's the heroic boss fights. Now are those one per wing? Uh, no, there's actually three of those per wing as well. It's just like the normal boss fights, but heroic mode. Just like with the World of Warcraft raids, where everything was the same dungeon. It's just everything is kicked up a notch. It's the same thing with these. Where instead of the hero par being able to summon a one slash two, one attack, two defense, would be summon a four slash four for the same amount of mana. And the bosses have an extra 15 health, so everything gets kicked up a notch. And so I blew through the the normal boss fights without even blinking an eye, because the way I have my deck built up, it's like, oh, okay, I'm going to need this type of deck for this fight. Oh, I'm going to need this type of deck for that fight. And I've got those already built and played with, so I know how to do them. And so I just blow through the bosses. Then I get to the heroic fights, and then then things get interesting. Because it feels like you literally have to build a specific deck just to beat this one boss a certain way. Kind of sounds almost exactly like, wow, you need to have this certain amount of uh, this armor or this set of armors. Yeah, it honestly feels like the heroic raids in WoW sort of things. Or it's where it's you're going to need some decent gear. Otherwise, you are going to be toast. And then you have to figure out the fight mechanics so you know how to counter it. Like, when he summons the 4-4s, four he'll also, every once in a while, summon an Abomination. Well, if you kill the Abomination, he does two damage to everybody, so you can use that to actually attack and kill everybody else. It's, it's an interesting fight for all of them, and you get three of those for each of the, each wing. Now, each wing is also getting released one per week, and so all these new cards are just slowly trickling in. And so right now the meta game with Hearthstone is just completely up in the air because people are like, oh, well, I, I could do this thing here, but then those cards are going to be coming out next week, so I'm not sure if that's going to work. So it's, it's a bit chaos right now with the constructed decks. Which is the way you'd probably want it, for a little while at least. Yes, for right now, it, it was starting to get a little stale with your, oh, look, it's a warlock. I bet he has a zoo deck. Oh, look, he does. 
great. That means I'm just going to have to do this, this, and this. All right. Well, then if I deal this, then okay, yes, I suppose this could work. It's, so it adds a lot more variety to the game, which I like. What I don't like is the cost. Because as I said, I was not going to pay anything for this game. Trying to collect 700 gold is hard. You know, it's just $7. That's only a coffee. What type of coffee are you drinking? The expensive ones. My cup from my Keurig in the morning cost me, what, a dollar? Oh, you're not getting the good stuff. Yeah, it's it's a dollar. It's it's I I don't have to worry about the Starbucks. My brother gave me a Starbucks gift card, and I think last year for my birthday, and I don't think I used it up before my birthday this year. We'll just put it that that. Is there a Starbucks nearby? No, that's the problem. There really isn't a Starbucks nearby. The closest Starbucks right now is actually surrounded by construction. So it's one of those things where it's like, well, dang it, if there wasn't construction, maybe I could swing by on my way to work and grab a coffee. But the Keurig is just so convenient. That's good. So it's just seven coffees. No big deal. Yeah, it's just it's a, just an entire week's worth of coffee. So yeah, that's that's the one downside is if you, it feels like they really want you to pay for money because you can, you get the daily quests, but the daily quests are either forty gold or sixty gold. Most of the time, it's forty gold. So you'd have to do a couple of weeks worth of quests to maybe get your 700 gold to open a wing. It's why I was literally like banking gold ahead of time to to earn enough. And what sucks is you can't do arena really. To You could do arena to make gold, but you got to win at least like six, seven matches in order to get your money back at least. And so you'd have to play constructed decks, which most of the constructed decks were pretty stale. So unless, you know, you had, your, like I said, your legendary dragons, then it was a bit of a grind, which also kind of felt like, wow. So the review, wrapping up this review, it's Hearthstone, just like wow, but with cards? Yeah, pretty much. And Naxxramas, it's fun. Is it worth 700 gold? I'm not sure. If you're, are you willing to drop the $25 on it? I, it's, go ahead. It's your money, not mine. But you're not willing to do it. No, I'm not. Like I said, I said this far, no farther. And so it's starting to wear a little bit on the inside. So, so yeah, that's. Are you playing this on your PC or are you doing this through an iOS uh, device? I only have, I don't have any iOS devices, so I'm playing it entirely on my um, PC. Gotcha. Are you looking forward to the Droid or the Android app coming out for it? That would be nice, you know, at some point. But I am not holding my breath because it's been a while since the iOS version came out. So it's anytime now. Mm -hmm. I might get into it if that ever happens, but... Um, probably not because it's so far beyond me at the moment. Like I, like I said, those legendary cards are game changers, but they're not I win buttons most of the time. I feel like I should have muted my phone. You know what we need to talk about Um, before we can get to the last thing? Food. (laughs) Because you talk about it all the other times. 
I was trying not to go the episode, trying to go at least one episode not talking about food. Sorry, couldn't let it happen. Not on my watch. Well, since you brought up food, why do you want to talk about food? Because we haven't. <laughs> um, yeah, that's not a good reason a, at all. It's not a good reason. And I have really nothing to say about it. I guess let's move on. Let's talk about food. All right, what do you want to talk about? I don't know. All right, moving on. Random topic rolled ahead of time, and this is an odd one. All right. Hello, my name is Pete, and I work in a button factory. We all know this thing. One day, my boss said to me, Hey, Pete, are you busy? I said no. So he told me, Pete, push that button with your right elbow. Okay, so we all got that right. Except it's Pete Then it Joe. takes a left turn off a... Yeah. Well, oh, you're right. So, yeah, hello, my name is Joe, and I'm working at Button Factory. Okay, but this one, he said Pete in here, so I got I go with Pete. So that's the normal thing. So you got, like, the elbows and your knees and your heads and everything. And by the time you're done, you're all dizzy and you feel like throwing up. His question, though, takes a left turn after the right elbow and says, was this a good time to tell him I was sleeping with his wife? I'm going with no. I, too, am going with no. Oh, that was quick. I feel like this is him trying to be Monty Python. Unfortunately, the answer is just so easy. There's really not much to talk about. Did you watch any of the, the Monty Python final shows? Or no, no, I never got into the, the fine circus. Because I feel like this would be something that Monty Python would do. It's just, you, you think it's going one way, and all of a sudden it just turns 90 degrees and goes, I'm sleeping with his wife. Yeah, that's never a good idea. No, no, it's not. That could get you killed. Yes, it could. So yeah, Hans, uh, I'm not sure what you were trying to do with this random topic, but the the answer is uh, no. The other question in this race is, is why are you sleeping with his wife? And what kind of buttons are, is the factory about? Is it a factory that makes buttons that you push, buttons that you wear? Do you have to push these buttons to make buttons? And why wouldn't you get a better ergonomic uh, situation than hitting it with your elbows? And your knees and your heads. Like, who pushes a button with the head? I mean, I think come you on. need to talk to your union reps. I feel like this is an OSHA violation is what this is. So there we go. We took that question and did another left turn with it and do something else. Sure. Sure. Just nod your head and smile. Which is an audio podcast, so we can't tell. Anyway, I'm guessing this is the end of the show. So, Brian, thank you very much for uh, standing in. No problem. I'm sorry I didn't fight more. I should have been more Dave-like, but it's early. It's not that early, but for Dave... It's early for me, too. Unlike you, I I don't get up really, really early on the weekends. I don't want to get up early. I almost slept in today, but I'm like, nope, I got got to run, and then Brian's recording. I set up this time. I must do it. And so here it is. Here it was. Here it shall be. Something I don't know. I guess that's a wrap. I think so, too. This has been another episode of the Random Access Podcast. If you have any questions, comments, concerns, corrections, suggestions, remarks, reviews, rebukes, retorts, or just rants, feel free to contact us. You can find us on Twitter at RAPodcast, or send us an email at mail at RAPodcast.net. Thank you for listening. <laughs>